It's good to see you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it was a really good summer here at Crosspoint, wasn't it? And it still is. I mean, we'll, we'll get there, but like it, on the calendar, it's still summer. It still feels like it most of the time. It's really good. And, uh, you know, a lot of people I got to see even, even yesterday at a funeral here and some of you this morning. Uh, it's, it's always good to get away, but isn't it good to come back too? Uh, was it good to see Pastor John, the other Pastor John, the, the slightly... A uh, little bit better hair situation, Pastor John. Uh, I was able to watch online, so even though I wasn't with you, I was able to kind of tune in, and I was texting with him, kind of joking around. But yeah, he had waited like a year and a half for a call back, and so I don't know, does it have to be another year and a half before we have Pastor John back? Hopefully not that long. And then you got to hear from Pastor Kenzie, which was awesome. Uh, what a great word from him. He's a preacher. And, uh, and he works really hard at that, and, uh, and what he was able to communicate with us last week, I was able to, to watch that online as well, and so I, I hope you feel like you were in really good hands for a, a couple weeks. We, uh, the last few years, we've tried to like, get, get through the summer, and then the last two weeks leading up, and including Labor Day, is when we would go on vacation, and so it's really fun time to kind of work through this summer. And so here at the church with my new job, uh, I had 11 straight weeks in a row preaching, which was like three times longer than ever ever before. And so I don't know if, if today will be like rusty or recharged. I, I, we'll, we'll see. You can be the judge of that later. But it's so good as well to be back into two services where I know there was excitement on some of the bigger days with one service in the summer where someone walked into the lobby and said, I had a hard time finding a parking spot. I was like, yeah, isn't it great? You know, because it's, it's kind of nice that after a couple years of having minimal in-person interaction and services, then people could kind of come back into one place. And so I had a really good summer here. But I have this question for you. When does fall begin? When does it begin? October is a good answer too. I think maybe before global climate change really took, took form, like maybe when the air changes, like sometimes there's this like mystery date in our neck of the woods in about, in about August where all of a sudden it's like, oh, nope, there it is. I'm putting a, a sweater on, you know? Or, or how about this? When we were away, we were listening to the radio and it was like the, the end of August, that Wednesday, and someone was like, you know what's back today? And then there was like silence and it was like the pumpkin spice latte. And so that's, that's definitely a, oh, there's some cheers here, but there's probably, hey, thumbs up for PSL? Thumbs up? Anyone thumbs down? Anyone in between? So we were listening to this radio station where one guy, he had never had uh, one before and so they sent someone to, to get it and then he tasted it and I, I forget his interaction. I think he said it was kind of like a candle. It was kind of like having like a, a pumpkin scented candle, but in flavor form. Anyway, that's another story, but maybe that's the date. Maybe it's when vacation's over or, or your summer holidays are over. Definitely when school starts, that feels for, for ki any kids here, you feel like, okay, summer's definitely over, unfortunately, you know. Football, any football fans, when football starts, it started technically Thursday night, but then uh, today there's going to be tons of, of games in the NFL. Uh, Harvest Music Fest. I always want to say Harvest Jazz and Blues because that's like the old name of it, but uh, that's definitely a, a signifier in Fredericton. 
Because people come from far and wide. I mean, musicians literally come from far and wide, and that's like, oh, it's fall, and people have this nice vibe of, of going out uh, together. Whether you have tickets or not, because there's not really any left, but if you can go and kind of catch that vibe of the food trucks and all the energy downtown, you run into people you haven't seen in years, it's awesome. Or, or, or perhaps Thursday, September the 22nd at approximately 10.03 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. That's officially when fall comes in. Uh, Apple picking, did anyone already go to Everett's on, on Friday? That's, I think, when they open. Best view, uh, the best view for apple picking. I think Blair said, like, the DQ Blizzard fall options are, are pretty good. Not just the pumpkin pie ones, but maybe even apple pie and other things like that. I, I'm in, like, let's go. Uh, when you need a sweater, I think that, you know, when, when I can wear jeans and walk the dog and not need a shower, that's, to me, when, when fall has appeared. Canadian Thanksgiving, uh, I, I love it. I look forward to that, and, it, and it's kind of a nice break after everything gets rolling, and then there's this little pause to reflect and, and be with family and, and friends and, and have really good food. Uh, the change of the leaves, though, is a highlight. Like, there's a bright, there's like this peak window that is like the best time of fall, I think, where everything kind of goes together. Uh, MLB's postseason, if anyone likes the World Series, like leading up to that, that feels like, okay, we're, we're really into fall now. Or perhaps for hockey fans, when the Leafs play the Habs on hockey night in Canada some Saturday in October. That, like then, then fall is really here, right? And so, but fall is an exciting time, one of my favorite times of year. But I ask this also because I'm wondering, like, when does discipleship begin? So, so it's, it's one thing to say, like, when does fall begin? And like, yes, there's a, a, a time on the calendar. And, and yes, there's all these extra things that happen that signify, well, it's kind of then and it's kind of here and it's kind of after that. But when does discipleship begin? Well, almost six months ago, it's hard, hard to believe uh, that that's, that's the case. In, in late March, I, I preached a sermon where there were chairs. There were physical chairs up here. They were here uh, at the beginning of the message. They won't be here today. But, but physically, I was representing something then about discipleship for that moment and, and potentially for beyond that, but definitely thinking about this moment uh, today and this fall. And so you're going to see this picture uh, both home and, and, and in the room, and it represents, uh, they're, they're already there, I don't have to reveal anything to you, but you can see as you begin, the first chair there is, is seeker. So imagine that there's someone who, uh, w- one of the words that has been used is lost, and, and the reason I like that is because in the story we looked at between the, the, the two sons, the man who had two sons, we might say it's the prodigal son, but really it's, it's the prodigal God, right? The, the father has these two sons. Well, the, the son was lost and then he was found later on. And so when it comes to this, the whole idea of a, of a seeker is that, that Jesus might say to a person, come and see. There's a lot of examples of that in scripture. One in particular is in the first chapter of, of John. He just says, come and see. And many people were onlookers to see what what was Jesus up to, what was he teaching. They were coming and seeing. Before they might have officially become a follower of his, they would would be a seeker. But then there's this transition, and and we'll talk in a moment about the in-between, but then in C2 is when Jesus says to a person, follow me. So a couple weeks ago, before I went on vacation, that was really clear. There was this example where, where Jesus said to someone, follow me, and that's an invitation for any one of us at any time to follow him and, and begin this process of discipleship. 
you could say it sort of begins as, as seeking. I, th- I think it does. But something radically changes when you decide, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take him at that. I'm, I'm going to follow him. I believe who he says he is. What he says he'll do will, will come true. All, all of that, you become a believer. But he can't just stop there. We talked about how many people stay in seat number two. Well, well seat number three, worker, it's not the best term. This is, by the way, by Dr. Dan Spader. I had the privilege of being in a, an online room with him with some different ministers from the Atlantic and he was able to, to come in and he's written a book on this and as a pastor and, and leader, um, this was something that he observed and, and used as an illustration, which, which I think is helpful and, and powerful. You heard Pastor John, the other Pastor John, talk about this just two weeks ago about the, the come and, and I'll make you fish for people. And so that, that kind of story, we don't have to get into it again other than uh, what's fresh about that is, is that's just an illustration. There, there were men who they literally fished for a living and they were invited to then fish for people and, and believing in who Jesus said he is and, and was that they would take him at that and, and realize, I don't totally know what that means, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna actually work with you and for you and, and to, to gain more people for the kingdom. But it doesn't end there too. You, you continue to be a believer and a worker, but the goal is to become a disciple maker. That's where Jesus is talking about in John 15, about go and bear much fruit and, and the whole idea of the vine and everything, which we'll look at later this fall. But the idea of that really comes from the, the Great Commission, which we talked about on that, that particular Sunday, where Jesus, he, he comes, he's, he's risen from the dead and he appears to his disciples and he says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Perfect. It's fitting today as we're talking about this and praying and supporting our, our missionaries that you should baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's something we had the privilege of doing even just this summer and then to teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And so when he wants us to become a disciple maker, we're going to bear much fruit. And then the cycle kind of can, can, can continue at any point where you can help someone else come along. Perhaps you have someone in mind you've been praying for and you're like, I need to actually invite them or I actually need to help them or, or bring them into a small group or, or something. Bring them around a table where we can talk and they can see Jesus and then when the opportunity arises and, and they can tell that Jesus is speaking to their heart, follow me, that they can act on that and, and continue and we, we kind of reproduce disciples. And so the idea is that we become a disciple who makes disciples and then they go and make disciples disciples, and it, and it continues from there. Well, something that we noticed, and a vision that I had last winter and spring continued as I was thinking ahead for, for this fall, there's actually three gaps in between there, and I mentioned this uh, long ago, but we're going to flesh this out a little bit more uh, today, and, and then we'll tease it for, for this fall. The idea is there's something critical that happens. Back when the chairs were up here, I talked about there's, there's this critical moment that happens between chair one and chair two, where you have to make a decision. And what begins is this in your heart that I love my king. Jesus being the, the one true true king. He's our savior. He, he's so many things, but he's, he's the king. And for us to, to love him and be obedient to him and trust him, something like that begins right about there uh, into the, the believer. Uh, but it doesn't end there. Then he, he gives us a heart for his church. It's really his words, I love my church. But if we could take on those same words that I love my church, this local uh, iteration of it that's part of his overall plan, but also the, the global church. 
that then it would move to that, I love my church, but it wouldn't end there. It would continue outward from your heart loving him, from the heart loving each other in, in this building and online, to then loving our city. And technically, it shouldn't end there as well. It should go to the ends of the earth, but it's a principle of kind of like that pebble being dropped into a smooth pond. Have you seen those ripples continue outward? That's kind of what starts when Jesus gets a hold of our heart. And, and so this is kind of what we're looking at um, today in, in this And so the idea is that Jesus, he taught his disciples, and I know even last week you prayed the Lord's Prayer together. Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what if we took it upon ourselves to pray in Fredericton as it is in heaven? And so we want to announce this new series, and perhaps some of you read it in our, our, our newsletter this week, but this new series begins next week. And so it's really the first of two parts. It's going to take us all the way to Advent. So the first half five weeks is, is called I Love My Church, and, and more on that beginning next week, and then it'll continue into one called I Love My City. And it doesn't end there, but this is a starting point of, of, of us actually uh, loving our king and then loving our church, and then it, go, it grows. We love our city. And we already do this, uh, but, but this is taking us on a new journey. Well, this brings us to our, our main passage for today. We're in Ephesians chapter 4. And, and as we're, we're looking at this, this is the Apostle Paul that, that wrote it to the church in Ephesus, and we're going to pick up, it'll be uh, on the screen, and it'll be right in front of you online as well. We're picking up in verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We will no longer be immature like children. I think when Stephen and I read this earlier this week, just to make sure that there weren't any typos, he's like, oh man, uh, there's kind of a groan on like, isn't it kind of fun though sometimes to be immature? No? Okay. You guys aren't with, you guys are Early crowd, you, I, I thought you would be the most awake, the most lively. I, I sure hope 11 has a little bit more. No, it's all good. It's all good. We'll no longer be immature. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, we won't be tossed and blown about uh, by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word and, and this word from the Apostle Paul and, and what it's going to mean for us both today and, and in the future. And so uh, we just pray you would continue to illuminate this and um, it wouldn't just be my words, but, but something that you've been kind of uh, helping to grow within my heart that this would I- extend and this would um, kind of alter Crosspoint's uh, point of view uh, and, and really gain your point of view. And, and would we be praying for one another and for our community that it would become on earth as it is in heaven, we pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. And so when I was originally reflecting on this about six months ago, I was thinking about the, the potential, you know, I'm, I'm roughly four months in, but this was six months ago uh, when I was getting ready to preach that initial candidating sermon. And there's some pressure when you're already from a place, because it's like, if this goes poorly, I guess it's goodbye. Like, what do you what do? You do? But there was this, this weight of, I knew I was called to be a pastor, but I, I didn't know what that meant. And it was, it's an ongoing journey. I'm still learning what that means, but I have this new responsibility. And the responsibility kind of comes out of this text, doesn't it? Uh, a pastor-teacher, it says pastor and teacher, but in the initial language, it was kind of like a two-fold thing. And so many people believe that, that a, a pastor is, is meant to be kind of a shepherd and teacher. There's a combination of the two. There's definitely different giftings and different skills developed, and, and it's all up to how God uh, sets it up. But, but the idea here is that it, it would be my responsibility, my uh, accountability to you to help to equip God's people. That's all of us. Uh, to do his work, not my work, but his work, and to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. That's what we're seeing here. And so this is what I really want us to know, that it's God's people, it's Christ's body, it's his work, and it's his church. It, It seems so simple to say it that way, but to see it that clearly, it really is. It's God's people. We are God's people. Uh, it's Christ's body. We, we make up uh, Christ's body all, all together, and that's part of the global church. That's part of his vision uh, for us. It's his work, uh, his purposes, his vision, everything, and it's his church. And I love how this stands out in that final verse, verse 16. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Uh, that's, that's something that he does. It's something that's supernatural. The Holy Spirit has a part of that, as each part does its own special work. So it's easy to start with one person's special work, uh, but it's incomplete without all of us doing their own part. And when everyone does their part, the whole body, it helps the whole body grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And I just, I, for some reason, have Tim Guptill's voice in my head because I think if he was speaking on this, which I've heard him speak on this before, he would say healthy and growing and full of love. And then he would continue, right? Healthy and growing and full of love. Do you get it yet? Healthy and growing and full of love. And so that's, that's really the point. But the point, as you saw the gaps between the chairs on the screen a moment ago, is not just to, to start in, in one seat and that's it, or not just to go to the second and that's it. Uh, we are to love our king, we are to love our church. We need to be healthy on the inside and I've been really encouraged by what's been going on the last several months. But it doesn't end there, we're not just about the inside, we're also about the outside. But we're not just about the outside, we're about the inside. But we're not just about the inside, we're about, do you get where I'm going with that? Because discipleship is meant to be from the inside out, it's for Crosspoint. It's also for Fredericton. And so this is, this is what I see. And so it's kind of like a teaser when I was sharing with the staff a little bit about this day before we launch a new series next week. Nikki said, yeah, this is kind of like Vision Sunday without calling it Vision Sunday. I'm like, yeah, exactly right, exactly. Because this, this is the whole point. And so this is what I really want you to hear. And this is what I really want us to know is that we together, so imagine if this could be true starting this moment, that we are leading people in our city, and it doesn't end at the boundaries of Fredericton, by the way, but just, just for in, in, intents of where we are currently located, we're leading people in our city to give their whole lives to King Jesus. That's why we exist. It's to make disciples. But this is, this is why I thought of it this way. If you had a prayer for your neighbor, 
and, and you felt like this is what I'm supposed to do and I want the best for my neighbor, what would you want for them? Wouldn't you want them to have Jesus? Wouldn't you want them to give their whole selves over to him? Wouldn't that be, no, tell me if I'm wrong, wouldn't that be your prayer for someone else in, in the city? Uh, someone you know, someone you don't know. Wouldn't you want someone else to give their whole selves over to Jesus? Is this not true? And so if we want that for someone else, why don't we want it for ourselves? And then why don't we take that heart and then extend it outward? Uh, this, this is our goal, but this can only happen if Crosspoint, that's who we are, if we're a community of Christ followers who love our king, love our church, and love our city. So that's, that's the point. And, it, and it's, it should be simple enough, yet big enough that it, it seems like we're gonna need God's help to do this, and, and we are. And so what I love about this is that there's always something that begins in the heart. So I, I've shared before just a, a brief part of my testimony, and a few times I think repetition is sometimes helpful, uh, is that I was 16 years old, and, and I was very nervous to, to go to camp. One of my friends invited me. It was going to be my first time overnight at a, at a summer camp. And, and the anxiety in me when I was coming on to that, that um, campground was like, turn around, turn around, turn around. But then I saw my friend Nick. Hey, John. And I was like, oh, there's Nick. Okay, I'm good. And I got out of the car, and, and it was that night that I, I gave my life to Jesus, and everything changed. And in that same moment, I felt called into ministry, even though I didn't know what that meant, and I'm still figuring it out. But, but sometimes those things can happen rapidly. I, I believed in the sense of I knew that, that God existed, but if we could see that full picture again for a moment, I was someone who for years I was, I was coming to see, and, and that, that's where I stayed. I was in that, that first seat, but, but in, a, in an instant when I was 16, something changed where all of a sudden it's like, Oh wait, Jesus, he's he's real, he's the king. Like I, I need to give my whole life to him. He he gave me forgiveness, he gave me new life, everything changed. I became a believer. But at the same time, I knew that wasn't the end. Even though I didn't have a Dr. Dan Spader's uh, illustration of the chairs, I knew that I was supposed to serve. I knew that that should be an outpouring of, of, of who I am and how God's changed my life. I needed to share that with someone else. I knew that I needed to make disciples because in the moment where I felt called to ministry, it just seemed so clear. Well, other people need to know this. And so my prayer changed, and, and I've, I've kind of joked about this before, that uh, when I heard people at camp talk about, oh yeah, I'm going to do my devotions, I'm like, what is that? I, I had no uh, Christianese, I had no language of, 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 of the things that some of my friends in youth group or the camp director, uh, camp leaders were, were saying, but all I knew is that I would take my Bible, I would read it, I would pray, and then I would share it with someone. And so I, I wasn't schooled on all of those things right away, and you don't have to be, but if God changes your heart and you feel like, no, I, I do, I love my king, and, and, and God, I'm open for you to change uh, the way I, I see everything, that I would then share that with other people. Well, it's really, uh, I would say, easy, not to minimize it, to, to start within these four walls, to start by, by being a part of it in a service, even online, to love one another who already are kind of on the same page. Uh, but, but it doesn't end there. there. There needs to be health there, but there needs to be an outpouring, uh, but we need to have the inpouring as well. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And, and so this is the point, is that we, this, this fall, this is going to be the direction, is that we want to see Crosspoint become healthier and healthier. 
But it can't end there because we can't just look inward. That's not the purpose of the church. It's part of the purpose, but it's not the whole purpose. And we can't just look outside, but we need to to look outside these walls, which we're already doing, by the way, but we need to do it with, with a kind of fresh perspective and a fresh heart to lead people in our city and beyond to give their whole lives to King Jesus. That's the point. But we can only do it if this group is a group of Christ followers who love their king love their church, and love their city. And so I take this responsibility seriously, and so I'm, I'm really excited, and I think there's gonna be levity throughout the fall as well, by the way, but, but I want you to know kind of the passion that, that begins maybe with, with one person or a few people, and then will spread outward. And so if we could see that, that graphic again, the question that I asked back in March uh, March the 20th, is, is everyone is in one of those seats. So all of us are in one of those seats. And, and just because you move on to become a, a worker, someone who's, who's serving and helping to fish for people in the language of, of the New Testament and becoming a disciple maker, you're still a believer. <laughs> all of those things are still true. Uh, but, but if someone's in seat one, you need to move to seat two. It's as simple as that. And if someone's in seat two, it's, it's time to get involved. It's time to engage. It's time to, to come back. One of the things I love about fall, aside from the things we mentioned earlier, the, the pumpkin spice and the sports and, and the apple pick and all, all of that's good. But don't you love how people come back? Don't you love how things launch? Don't you love how we can kind of hit the ground running? And so I know the next few weeks there's a few people. I saw someone yesterday. I'm like, see you tomorrow. They're like, maybe next week. Like we're still kind of closing up the camp. And that's okay. But we need to get back and we need to, to get together. And whether you're online or not, uh, we need to engage in a new and fresh way. If we believe that our city needs us, uh, then it should change how we do things. It should change how we pray. Uh, not just praying on earth as it is in heaven in, in a vague way, nothing wrong with that. But what if we specifically, starting with Marysville, wouldn't it be great if, if Marysville uh, was radically changed and there was revival that started here? Wouldn't it be great if in, in the north side? Wouldn't it be great if in Fredericton? Wouldn't it be great if in New Brunswick? Wouldn't it be great if it extended and in Japan all of this is, is happening? But it, it has to start in your own heart. Do you love your king? Are you willing to give your whole self, your whole life, your, 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 your entire being over to Jesus? Are you willing to surrender in that way? Would you want that for someone else? Take it for yourself too. But don't stop there. Be praying for whoever is coming to mind even in, in the next few moments. I, I'd like to invite the, the band back up before we, we close this part of the service and before we, we pray. But th- this is my prayer is that we would see um, something fresh in, in Crossbone. I already think we're seeing and I think this, this summer, uh, this last season, not just out of excitement, but I think there's things being stirred in all of us that, God, what do you have for us? What is this next phase of, of Crosspoint's history? We're, what, 128 years old as a, as a community, and, and some of us weren't there back then, by the way, but, uh, but, uh, and some of us won't be there in another 128 years, uh, but we, we need to do something now also for the next generation, and so what legacy could we leave that could start um, on September 11th of 2022 uh, in a 9 a.m. service? What could begin in our hearts? What could begin in our church? What could begin in our city that could radically change things for the next generation? Father, we thank you so much for this time and, and for this exact service, people who chose to both come online and, 
and come into this 9 a.m. Uh, in-person service. We're, we're so excited for what you have for us, and, and Father, we just pray that we would be open, we would allow our hearts to be changed by you, that honestly, that we uh, would have faces come to mind even now and names of, of people that we need to pray for, that uh, our lives need to be changed so that their lives would be changed by you. Ultimately, that we would all give our whole lives over to you, that it would be your will being done, in our lives, in our church, uh, in, our, in our community. And so, Father, would you give us a white-hot vision for uh, the future that, that begins in our heart and begins in our conversations and begins in our church, but it doesn't end there. Uh, it has to leak out. It has to spread. And uh, would you just give us that, that fresh kind of anointing and perspective, and, and would your Holy Spirit uh, empower us? Would you uh, equip all of us to, to be able to be disciple makers? Would you help us all take that next step, whatever it is, whatever you need us to lay down, would we do that? Whatever you need us to pick up, would we uh, be encouraged and, and, and empowered to do that by you? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.